everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win? I guess we'll never know. So keep your love, I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Byrne. And my name is Icy Cold Bean. And today we're going to be talking about. Ow, fuck. Ah, shit. You okay? Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I touched the sawn and it burnt my hand. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're talking about a song called Fire, by the way. You son of a bitch. I was really like, that got me. Lauren, do we have any, uh, anti- what do they call that stuff you put on burns? I don't know, man. Anyway, anti- oh. anti-burn. Yeah, anti-burn. That's what it is. Um, we'll get some anti-burn going, but it, uh, until then, we'll, we'll let's talk about this song that's called Fire. Ah, <laughs> uh, you creative monster. You beautiful monster full of beautiful madness. The saddest part is there's nothing creative or... <laughs> Like, funny about what I just did. No, you're a liar. (laughs) You're a liar. Um, Okay, so fire. And with fire, we've we've had kind of a brimming concept about the relationship between Ye and Kitsy Ghosts. And part of that initially was just the thought that their albums in a consequential chain of events right mm-hmm. like you have the events of yay and they're followed by the events of kids see ghosts but as we've done episodes on i thought about killing you feel the love yikes and looking at fire more closely and going through the rest of the albums we have a we have a a new theory that we're feeling pretty good about yeah and a theory we're hoping kind if you're listening we hope you hear it and reach out to us and let us know, like, yeah, guys, you're on the right track. Yeah, and if you don't reach out, we'll just assume we are on the right track. <laughs> and if you do reach out and let us know, then we know we're on the right track. Yeah. So either way, just saying. <laughs> uh, so this idea is instead of these albums being uh, linear, that Kid See Ghost follows Yay. It's more so that they are overlapping one another. So that I thought about killing you and feel the love are overlapped. That yikes and fire are overlapping. And what we mean by that is the idea that while Ye focuses so much on the external events and relationships, Kitsy Ghost result, uh, is more of the internal interactions and thoughts and relationships as those same events are going on right and that would explain the aesthetic of the album how it feels like you're walking through a graveyard filled with your personal ghost so as opposed to yay where those ghosts kind of haunt your legacy have ruined the relationships you've built have messed up your marriage have screwed up the image your daughter will have of you growing up now we're just really 
purely internal and kind of just being mixed among those ghosts. Yeah, so for something like uh, I Thought About Killing You, that's more of the forefront Kanye thinking through these things and having a little bit of the mania come out. And then Feel the Love is the internal scape that's going on simultaneously. And while Kanye is having these philosophical thoughts in the background in his mind, he's just thinking like, grat, 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 grat. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, uh, like you said, I thought about killing you is the mania slowly coming out and presenting itself to the world to whereas feel the love where it's all internal. You're kind of just already in the mania. Yep. And then you see overlap between fire and yikes with some of the lyrical content specifically. Uh, which I'm so excited to point out. <laughs> and similar things happen with All Mine and Fourth Dimension. Like All Mine, you have some resonances, like the genie that's part of the refrain of All Mine. And then Fourth Dimension, you have Santa Claus. Yeah. And just what are the odds of that, you know? <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Wooden Leave and Free are almost like stupidly similar to where Wooden Leave is kind of this, um, he's freeing himself from that Yisa side, from that uh, person who has to go out into the public and tell the world how great they are. And he kind of realizes what that's doing to his marriage. So he kind of frees himself from that lifestyle and is ready to work on himself. And Free on Kitsy Ghost is obviously, you know, exiting that toxic behavior that's filled in fourth dimension. And uh, again, ready to work on yourself, uh, ready to make yourself a, healthier individual on the inside yeah and even you have ghost town talking about just the ghost in your life and feeling like a kid again being trapped in space and time and then on kids see ghosts you actually have kids see ghosts yeah where <laughs> uh you just get that connection between feeling like a kid again and when you feel like a kid again you can see the ghost there's just these connections and relationship dynamics between the tracks that play into each other and work with each other so well that it's either highly coincidental or we're insane or it's a structured intentional thing or all three <laughs> little bit of all you know <laughs> so that's one of the we're gonna talk about fire in and of itself still and still do that with the individual albums but we're going to put things in context of each song as we move forward and then also just have a season where we do that <laughs> yeah we go in depth like super in depth line by line to how these songs are connecting it's gonna be fun yep someday we'll get back to doing all the other Kanye tracks yeah someday one day 2020, 2025, right? Somewhere like that. So, fire a perfect uh, a perfect sample. Mm -hmm. And once again, we always talk about how Kanye's use of samples isn't just for the sound of them, but it's for the context that those samples add to what's happening in the song. And what he samples here is Napoleon the Fourteenth. They're coming to take me away. Haha. -ha. <laughs> A perfect title for the song. 
They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. It's a 1966 track that actually was number three in the Billboard chart. Which, which is, is probably absurd. the most insane part to me. Yeah, because it's not very musical. <laughs> it's just a speech, really, of this guy that you find out is crazy. Uh, the whole chorus is talking about, they're coming to take me away to the funny farm, where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, obviously this translates to Kanye, you know, how the public perceived him. Uh, but I think the best part about it is there's such a progression to the song, the Napoleon song, because it starts out kind of sad, showing that he's in a bad place, uh, that people abandoned him. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And then in the second verse, he gets a little more bitter, and he was like, oh, you thought it was a joke that I needed help? You thought it was a joke, and so you laughed. You laughed when I had said that losing you would make me flip my lid. Right? You know you laughed. I heard you laugh. You laughed, you laughed, and laughed, and then you left. But now you know I'm utterly mad. And then in the third verse, he's full out angry, you know, and saying that people will pay for what they did to him. I cooked your food, I cleaned your house, and this is how you pay me back for all my kind, unselfish, loving deeds. Well, you just wait. They'll find you yet. And when they do, they'll put you in the ASPCA, you mangy mutt. Um, and to me, that kind of, that progression leads into a Yeezus-style mindset, which I think is what's being introduced here right away in the song. Yes, yes. And there's a great moment of insanity <laughs> that comes in at the end of that third verse where the guy's getting so angry I cooked your food, I cleaned your house, and this is how you pay me back, being upset that this, what we thought was a love interest, left him. But the last lines are, well, you just wait, they'll find you yet, and when they do, they'll put you in the ASPCA, you mangy mutt. (laughs) So it could just be that he's low-key calling this person that left him a dog, a bitch, just comparing them to a dog, or given the content of the song that the guy just went crazy because his dog ran away. And the ASPCA is the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. (sighs) We both decide at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... When you think about that in relation to something like Yikes, where we have one part of Kanye saying that shit can get menacing, frightening, like, find help, sometimes I scare myself and getting into the whole yikes component of seeing the mania come out. And then on fire, you have a track that is sampling a record that's all about losing your mind and going crazy. Yeah, and um, I think it really, and both songs really get at this idea that other people are at fault for what happened to you or that 
other people are saying things about you or other people don't understand the situation you're in, all they could do is say things about you, you know, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's somebody making a diss track about you, whether it's the media writing an article about you. There's this um, sense that everyone's against you in both Yikes and Fire. And again, this song really plays into that. The, the entire song is a build to the idea that nobody is with me and I'm only in the funny farm because of you and now you're going to pay. Uh, and one of the things we talked about on the Yikes episode was how Kanye interpolated Juvenile's Huh? Which was a song where Juvenile uses the huh at the end of lines to mock somebody else. That's you with that big body being, huh? Like, oh, you drive that car, huh? But you just got sent to jail last week, huh? Is really being kind of a sarcastic dick. Mm -hmm. And Kanye uses that same method to address people that have been saying things about him. Tweaking, tweaking off that 2CB, huh? Is he gonna make it TBD, huh? Thought I was gonna run DMC, huh? I done died and lived again on DMT, huh? You think I'm this way, huh? Yeah. And what's the intro to this song? Love all your shit talking. I love all your shit talking. I love all your shit talking. You ain't got nothing better to do with yourself. I done proved to myself. Back on that ruling myself, I got new news to tell. Act like you knew oh, you to fail. What a coincidence. Yeah, again, like, just thinking about this idea that, you know, Yikes is a track that starts out him saying it it's frightening, menacing, find help. You know, it's Kanye kind of asking for help. But then when you move internal, like on Kitsy Ghost, I kind of think we're almost moving past that in a way and we're just getting Yeezus. And he's like, he's reacting to everybody like he does in Yikes to where the shit talking kind of fuels him. And, you know, Kanye said controversy is his gym. And I, I just think there's something... Like he says, and I thought about killing you, you know, the beautiful thoughts are besides the darkest. There's something beautiful and ugly happening at the same time here. Like Kanye likes to encourage debate and create conversation, but that often leads to like vitriol and hateful rhetoric and these biased articles and people trying to position him as a crazy person. So because of that, the Yeezus side of Kanye comes out and reacts and reacts to the shit talking. So you have this healthy side of Kanye encouraging conversation that leads to hate, that leads to Jesus and all the ghosts. <laughs> and Connie's kind of just trapped in all that. Um, and I, the mission of the, you know, the whole album is to break free of it. But right now, he's just kind of in the shit. Yeah, it's something that we come back to later on Reborn, where he talks about his ego. And it's something that is for, not foreshadowed, but at the forefront by being the last line on the end of I Thought About Killing You. All you have to do is speak on yay. Like, if you talk about me, I'm going to get upset. Yeah. <laughs> and come after you. Yeah. And it's kind of really wrestling with himself, you know. It's not going beyond, you know, like the bipolar and the other identity. Like, it's the temptation to dip into that behavior, to be, to live, you know, the, the Jesus lifestyle and to react to these people with the same vitriol they're throwing at you. He's just, again, tempted by the ghost. And, I, yeah, that's fucking nuts. It really is. Uh, Kanye. 
Do you think he'd be in the polygamous marriages? As in you're considering, like, would he marry us? Absolutely. Uh, at Marry us, not just marry me and then marry you. Marry us, like, together. Like, it would be a three-unit thing. Only one way to find out. <laughs> well, let's propose to him right now. And again, if he reaches out to us and lets us know that we're on the right track, or if he doesn't respond, we'll take it as a yes. Uh, I'm gonna have a restraining order soon, man. Yeah, just saying. If you if you don't want it, you have to come. Out, you have to reach out and say no. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's it. No pressure. And even if you, you know, say no, I take that as you might be open to it if I can convince you. Jesus. Uh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so sorry. Are we getting into the first verse? <sighs> okay, I have the anti-barren medication, so yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I'm glad you got that. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad you got that. All right, so we get Kanye just with a brief verse here. I done proved to myself back on that rule of myself. I got new news to tell. Act like you knew you'd fail. Only you know how I feel. And only if you knew how I felt. Stick the little boot off the nail. I've thought about these lines because they're some of the most vague that we've encountered. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about them earlier today. I'm like, oh God, I hope Chris can explain this to me. Yeah. And part of it, we feel comes from uh, we get context from the sample that's used right they're coming to take me away kanye in the fall of 2016 or winter november of 2016 legitimately got sent to the hospital for having what was said to be sleep deprivation but we know that he was having like some severe mental problems he was still undiagnosed bipolar at that point and we know that that can cause a lot of issues so he legitimately got taken away. So you can view the sample as maybe referring back to that time uh, mm-hmm. and this sense that he's coming back from that the way that he did in 2018 with this renewed sense of I'm going to speak, I'm going to be heard, I'm going to be like right, which is something that was going on on Twitter, especially in that April 25th, what do we call it, T-Day? like the day of the tweets (laughs) where he talked about uh, how he loved Trump and make America great again and put the hat on and everything. Uh, We know that he had some new news to tell, right? How he was feeling. So it kind of feels like the buildup to that, like him coming out of the hospital, like he feels he's ruling himself again and proved to himself that like, he knows what's up, that he has this message that he's going to share, and that other people need to act like they know that they've failed. Uh, It's only the truth that know how he feels, and that's only if they felt how he's felt, which was being silenced, being uh, not himself for a while after the hospitalization because he had to get back to who he was but that just led to another breakdown we know (laughs) yeah i I would think of it in the um, like when in yay versus the people when he says i mean that hat stayed in my closet for about a year and a half then one day i was like fuck it i'm gonna do me so it's this realization that he needs to not be scared to be himself like Kanye west is going to do Kanye west things even if it's not like 
fully thought through if it's not politically correct if it's not what everybody wants him to be saying you know everybody wants him to be college dropout kanye not mega hat wearing kanye Uh, but if he's true to himself and does that and there are people that understand why he does that people that understand that he's not endorsing trump's politics but he's being free you know he's not being scared to just express how he's feeling like kind of almost like a knee-jerk reaction to it and not having to clarify like every little thing he does um i feel like there are probably a lot of people in his life like that and that's why he reacted john legend the way he did when john legend said like you need to think about the context of everything you're saying everything you're saying and kane says that's just fear you're trying to make you're trying to put me in a box and i and i don't want to be in that mental prison i think kane's talking to all the people that allowed him to react the way he reacted even if it's not always the smartest thing to say or the right thing to say or most politically correct like it's just what kanye does and that's you know that's him feeling liberated that's him being allowed to be an artist yes but this is still in those times where it's like too much right yes like he feels so correct in that belief that he's going to indulge that belief to the point where it backfires and we get this echoed in Yikes with him talking a bit about that's my superpower shit, like that's a bipolar shit, like there's nothing wrong with that. It's my superpower. That's why I fuck with Yay. See, that's my third per that's my bipolar shit, nigga. What? That's my superpower, nigga. Ain't no disability. I'm a superhero. And it seems like that's the kind of thing, like if you experience that, if you know these things, how I feel, what I felt, what I've gone through, then you're one of the true. You know how I feel. Yeah. It actually reminds me of something um, one of our active Twitter followers said, uh, producer Snefu. He said, like, you can't tell a manic person that they are wrong or convince them otherwise, which I think pertains to that behavior that you would get gunned down. See, this is the type of how that won't come down. This is the type of how to get you gunned down. Like Kanye's not looking to get gunned down. You know, he wants somebody to, he is not looking for someone to tell him he's wrong. He's looking to have a conversation, which is why I think he put out Ye versus the people. Like he wants to have the conversation. He just, I think here in both Yikes and Fire, he can't stand being told that don't act that way. Right. There's the conversation, but there's still ego getting in the way. For sure there's still a sense of I'm Kanye West that gets in the way of that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the line, sniffed a little booch off the nail. Sniffed a little booch off the nail. Through with mixed messages, through with the mail. Only a few in the field. Little bit off for the real. You know, booch, as we looked up on Urban Dictionary, seems to be a combination of words some have said boo and bitch uh which can relate to a significant other and the duality of relationships (laughs) (laughs) um or even with it like bitch as an endearing term and boo as an endearing term it's not necessarily all negative or all positive it depends on the context Uh, it's also been used to describe or as a combination of bitch and hooch and used in that way to describe more of drugs uh, and that drugs can be good or drugs can be bad. Yeah. It, yeah, like they can either be something that ruins you or something that kind of lifts you off your feet or makes you see the light or something. Yes. 
Oh, so the exact definition, I'm sorry. Uh, that's most popular in Urban Dictionary, a term combining bitch and hooch to describe a good friend or extreme asshole without cursing. So drugs can be a good friend or extreme asshole, <laughs> depending on the drug or the trip you take. And then that echo of yikes, we know that Kanye mentions 2CB and DMT, which one of those drugs is considered, I think, more of a more of an asshole sometimes. <laughs> and one's considered more of like the friends, like people that use DMT talk about it in this very like spiritual way. Mm -hmm. And 2CB seems to be something that people can like tweak off of a little bit more. It's used more in like a superficial partying, going out like MDMA, ecstasy kind of thing. Yeah. Although in the context of what follows this line, it, it seems to be more of an endearing term because he says, through if the mixed messages, through if the mail, only a few in the field, a little bit off for the real. So like by sniffing a little booch <laughs> off the nail, it allows him to be through with mixed messages. Kind of like what you were saying with, you know, the MAGA hat. He's done hiding who he is by, you know, taking these drugs. He's able to free himself and not be afraid to express himself like Kanye West does. He's just going to speak his truth. That's part of the new news that he has. So that's that's why the mixed messages are gone. Uh, through with the mail, the best we can make of that is just if you're sending mixed messages, uh, you send messages in the mail. It just seems to be more of a, a continue with the rhyme kind of thing rather than anything all that deep. Yeah. Uh, only a few in the field, a little bit off for the real. We're getting from the parallel structures. So sniffed a little booch off the nail, a little bit off for the real. You get the similar phrasing that would unite those two, I guess, phrases. <laughs> but that would mean that it's the booch that you're taking to get the real. Yeah. The drugs are giving you the clarity and because only true knew how I feel and only a few in the field, that's just saying there's only a few of the true in the field. And um, the other interesting thing to note here is if he is introducing drugs into the narrative, the next song is Fourth Dimension, which starts with Santa Claus <laughs> coming down the chimney, presenting himself. On the chimney he will come with his great big smile and he'll find that even a kid is are swinging in a later style. From what we've read of, I don't know what specific drug this would be. DMT. DMT. That you take DMT, you see like elves and shit. Yeah, machine elves are a huge part of DMT. And lots of people talk about the machine elves. Uh, there's also another figure called the Jester, which is supposed to be a, a bit more terrifying. So in Fourth Dimension, you have a reference to Santa Claus, who has elves, and you also have this insane laughter that comes in. <laughs> Man, again, Kanye's sample game is on fucking point. It really is. It really is. Mm. So that with... Uh, Kanye's verse, it seems just to be more of a, like an ego, I went through some shit, I now know I'm right about everything I'm going to talk on, and I'm going to like speak, 
and I have these drugs that like make me feel like I've I've gained the truth. Not too far off from what's being talked about on Yikes, just getting at more of the internal scape versus the external shouting that happens on Yikes. Yeah, a lot of Yikes is people reacting to him taking drugs and then how he acts when those drugs are taken. And in this, it's really him thinking, like, this is why I take drugs. Like, I take drugs to get to this part of me. Yeah, it's the spiritual side of it. But spiritual, not necessarily in, like, the elevated, like, but just in that what he feels in his soul kind of thing. Sure. But, I mean, it is revealing because through the mixed messages, he says that it's a good thing, you know, like, oh, I'm going to fully be myself. But because he's fully himself, it creates all this drama. And he says things like slavery is a choice. Yes. Which is even funnier because on Yikes, there are mixed messages. (laughs) Right. We have the, we have the one side saying like this shit is frightening, and then the other side just being like this is my superpower. See this is why all the bitches fuck with Ye, fuck what they talk about. Sometimes I scare myself, off myself. Shit could get menacing, frightening. Ask your whole girl right now. Look, you had a shot at Ye. I scare myself. Kanye and Irony, one of the greatest duos in existence. <laughs> right up there with uh, the Bryan brothers in tennis. Yeah, yes, yes, that was, yes, what That's I was That's what you were thinking? Yeah, good. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh, so then we get to Kid Cudi coming in, and Cudi starts off in more of a elevated state. So many days I prayed to God All this pain I couldn't seem to find a way On the mission, live and carry on Got my family I'm seeing through by the days Never late Pull up a seat and come grab a plate Check the day Because it's in the past tense It seems to convey that He now has found his way That he has his mission for living He's gonna carry on Like part of that's his family I'm seeing through by the days And he's just taking one day at a time Pretty similar to Kanye's verse, actually. Kanye, you know, has gotten over being scared to be himself, has taken the drugs, and is carrying out a, a better lifestyle. Yes, yeah, a better in the quotes. <laughs> yes, of course. So you kind of get this sense with Cuddy of like, okay, I got my family. I like these are my these are my like true ones, the few in the field that I have. Never late. Pull up a seat and come grab a plate. Like, that's very nice. Speaking to his family here, of course, and I guess comparing it to Kanye's verse, all the people that understood what he was going through and were there for him. Right. But then uh, things take a bit of a turn. Check the date. Let him hate. This is the type shit that they couldn't make. Watch your fate. Leave him buzzing. Thought they wasn't, huh? Tell her you can't fuck your cousin, huh? This is the package you order, huh? Beautiful madness. It's suddenly just way more into the ego way more into being worried what other people are saying or thinking or doing leave them buzzing thought they wasn't huh tell all your kinfolk and cousins huh this is the package you ordered huh travis isn't that isn't that familiar huh 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 kind of sounds like juvenile oh yeah and was it where did we just uh where did we just encounter juvenile uh, yikes, what was it? Yikes, I can't remember. Yikes. Ah. 
Oh, yikes. Oh, yikes. That's right. Kanye interpolated the same thing on yikes. Oh, well. Huh. Is it that funny? Huh. Uh, it just must be a coincidence, huh? Huh. Could it be on purpose, huh? Huh. <laughs> uh, so we just kind of see Cuddy now emulating the same things that Kanye was doing in the manic phase while having just watched him say things in much more of a calm way. So even in Cuddy's verse, we see that two sides of the personality uh, dynamic coming to the forefront. Yeah. And before we move on, by the way, if Cuddy is exhibiting some useless behavior here, do we have um, an alter ego we can assign to that side of Cuddy? Ooh. Like Cootie? Uh, the wizard? <laughs> I was thinking of a play on his name, but sure. Indicud? <laughs> Indicud? I'm just thinking of album names that he had had. Oh, oh, oh. See, so you know more about this stuff than I do. Uh, satellite Flight? That's a pretty catchy name. What was the album everybody hated? Um, what was the name of that one? Hmm, this is good podcasting. Hold on. Cuddy album hated. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I fucking know the name of it. Then he, it's the one he did a sequel to, right? Oh, I'm thinking of Speeding Bullet to Heaven. Speeding Bullet to Heaven. That's it. Should we just call him Bullet? Oh, Bullet. That's good. Okay. Hopefully it catches on. (laughs) So we start off with more of the Cuddy, Scott Miscuddy mindsets. But by the end of the verse, he's gone full Bullet. Full Bullet. He's going like 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Right at his enemies. That's right. All the way to heaven. (laughs) Yep. Straight up in the air. (laughs) And that last line, beautiful madness, it seems to fit very much what yikes was getting at that idea of uh the most beautiful thoughts are beside the darkest that in madness there's something beautiful in contradiction there's something beautiful but the question is is it sustainable yeah but in the moment it all sounds great you know you can be you can exhibit that Jesus bullet behavior and it feels great and you feel like you're expressing your truth and you see it as sort of beautiful madness. Like you almost welcome the madness, but you know, by the next track it gets really out of control and you start doing crazy things and pushing away everybody. Yes. Yeah. That, that acceptance of the beautiful madness seems like Kanye's acceptance of like bipolar is my superpower shits. Mm-hmm. Like madness is beautiful. Bipolar is a superpower. And there are moments that like, yes, but if you just indulge that, you're going to have more losses, I think, than wins. Right. And it really speaks to how it seems that Kanye, and maybe we can extend Cuddy into this too, doesn't take the mental illness very seriously. Almost, again, treated it as a superpower, as this beautiful madness. Um, and yikes, he says things like hospital band, a hundred bands, fuck a watch, you know. Hey, hospital band, a hundred bands, fuck a watch. Hundred grand and make your best friends turn to ops. Just making humor out of it and saying like, yeah, like I took her to the titty shop and just throwing money at things and not throwing money at your medical issues and just being okay with being that kind of person. I don't know that that whole attitude I feel like is infused in fire too. There's echoes of it. 
still that this isn't something that I should take as serious. Yeah, it's the kind of it it's the kind of behavior that creates scars. I would say. Yeah, Cuddy has the chorus come in at the end with, on this road I find these scars I left behind. And it shows an awareness of causing damage. Yeah, right? Uh, Yeah, that's true. Because the recognition of reality, you know, is kind of set in his verse where family is there and the haters are there and you're okay with your family and you're like ready to be one with your family. But then there's also this recognition that the behavior you dip into affects those people that you've invited to sit down and eat dinner with you. It's weird. It just made me look at that verse again. Could he just be starting to hate on his family by the end of that verse? Ooh, you're opening up a can of worms. Right? It's just like, hey, pull up seat, come grab a plate. And then he checks the date and he's like, ah, like, now they're going to hate on me. Like, you couldn't make this. Tell all your kinfolk and cousins, huh? It's like they're saying they're going to tell his the rest of his family. That could be. And, I mean, that would get into a lot of what Kanye had been talking about on Yay. How, you know, we think I thought about killing you is partly about Jay-Z. And if Fire is getting into this idea that there were people that turned their backs on him when he was unhealthy and there were people that stayed with him, Jay-Z probably fits in that former category and along with a lot of other people. So maybe this is getting at that you know you consider people like jay to be family and then oh you check the date oh on this date you were no longer with me let him hate well that's one of the things like we talked about how kanye had been hospitalized in november of 2016 just a month before that cuddy had been uh, had gone to rehab in october of 2016 after a story came out that in september he had a restraining order set against him from his ex-wife or the mother of his child because he had sent 168 text messages over four days that were angry, violent, threatening uh, due to uh, disagreements about seeing his daughter. Mm -hmm. So we know that Cuddy has had emotional issues, battles with depression, that in the same time frame that Kanye was uh, hospitalized and dealing with his own mental health, Cuddy was dealing with his own mental health, and if Kanye has a J, Cuddy probably has his own J's. So the scars I left behind, it is curious to see that awareness after such bravado. But if we're getting into the yikes overlap, we do know that we have the frightening, like, find help. Uh, sometimes I scare myself. That awareness of what's going on that's more meta than the moment of the song. And that's what opens yikes. But by the end of the yikes, we don't get it. And mm. we don't get that same meta-awareness opening on fire, but we close the song with that meta-awareness. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. We're two peas in a pod, Travis. <laughs> sure fucking are. It's like the same way that Kanye on yikes says, find help, uh, heaven lift me up is a cry for help. Yeah, and I mean, in general, if you're, thinking about the journey that's going on in this album the entire album is really kind of a a cry for help not an external one but more of like looking at yourself and looking at what you can do for yourself to help and that's why there's so many calls to god you know 
that's that's very much an internal thing when you pray and you're not just praying to God, you're praying for strength to be better. And that ultimately has to come within. So I think that kind of fits in here at the end. You know, he's on this road where he sees this garden as he marches down this road. Um, that's the journey of the album, really. That's all. That's the journey all the way up to Cuddy Montage when you're ready to squash all beef. You're ready to just be a better person and find peace. Both sides lose somebody. Somebody dies, somebody go to jail. I just had to put my face in my hands because what you said just made me think. <laughs> oh no. Which it might be too much, but there's just this interesting connection between uh, you say he's on this road and the road is this request for heaven lift me up. And we as you're saying on Cuddy Montage, he's like praying to God to give him strength and help him. And that's where we get to by the end of the album. Uh, one of the reasons that Kanye sampled the They're Coming to Take Me Away track, I imagine, is not just for the lyrical context, but the soundscape is a march. Mm-hmm. It's that... Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees... So you really do get that sense of being on a road and marching towards something. And in that sample, it's insanity. (laughs) Or this like negative mental scape that contrasts Cuddy praying for heaven to save him from that. And Cuddy montage samples Burn the Rain from Kurt Cobain. And Kurt Cobain wasn't able to find that help and took his own life. And there's just that tension between are you going to lose your mind or are you going to be saved? Yeah. And I think that's the point of using the Kurt Cobain sample. It's you could read that negatively. Like if you were viewing this album as a kind of a dip into suicide in a way, you could see that the Kurt Cobain song maybe is supposed to reflect that. But I see the use of that song as sort of a reminder that this happened to Kurt Cobain. With all the positive things that happened in Cutty Montage, it feels like a rejection of that. It's just that Kurt Cobain's spirit's kind of there and you use it as a reminder to say like, you have to do better than that. Like you have to accept love into your life. You have to find peace of people and you have to just be better. One of the ghosts. Yes. Like that's the ghost that you have to live with or that you know is like there that you could become. Yep. So this chorus at the end is very foreshadowing and kind of gets at the central tension of the album. The same way that yikes and that dynamic between like sometimes I scare myself and this is my superpower. That's the tension that's the first part of the album that's then overcame by saying like, no, I need to stop being the person that scares me. Yeah. Yeah, that self-awareness ends up being kind of flooded throughout the track, actually, because after Connie or after Cuddy says each line, you know, he says, heaven, lift me up. And then he goes, mm, there's these little hums. And those hums are actually throughout the song. I love all your shit talking. I love all your shit talking. You ain't got nothing better. Than- so all of a sudden, these hums are attached to every single line from the chorus. So the entire song becomes infused with that plight to 
fix yourself basically it's it's kind of um what's the right word like it's underscoring all of the aggressiveness that you're putting out to the world that you feel pressured to exhibit yes which mirrors exactly what's happening in yikes Mm. where when we get that intro at the start or just the chorus at the start it is there during the rest of the verses and even if it doesn't come back in at the end of the song we know that that like i scare myself is still under the surface it's the context the the thing that's not being said that's there yes Ooh, i feel like i just had a workout <laughs> doing work man yeah that was uh that's exciting man this duality is fascinating that's what Kanye's all about. I mean, go all the way back, like in graduation, you know, the celebrity you think you're going to be in, the celebrity you end up being. That's exactly what's going on on Yeezus, you know, the 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 front you put on and then when nobody's on your side, you regress and you're trying to find love and it's just, that's everything he does. And that's the entirety of Life of Papa. You choose between fidelity and marriage. Infidelity yep. and marriage. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I always say it's kind of interesting, but I love it. <laughs> you look at, as you said, graduation compared to 808s and Heartbreak, where you see graduation as this ascent to celebrity status and to superstar status and the ego that forms around that. And you just get the initial taste of the cost of that, not being able to go back to Chicago, the falling out with Jay. And then the next album's 808s, where it just shows how things have only gotten worse since the end of graduation that celebrity has led to all this sadness all this pain then you see on life of pablo that he is once again exploring uh two sides of something but he does it all on one album going back and forth alternating between tracks early on before finally finding like rejecting the new kanye in quotes to get back to the important things, which is his wife. Mm. We've seen him kind of do the linear and we've seen him do linear polarities or that this or that. Is it that crazy to think that he would do albums that were doing something similar finally? Yeah. Yeah, as a no, I don't think it's crazy. <laughs> Right. In fact, I was pretty much thinking about that today and how, oh, look, of course, Kanye is light years ahead of literally everyone. Like the stuff he's doing on Jesus and the life of Pablo is genius storytelling. But if we're comparing it to what he's doing now, it's actually pretty straightforward storytelling. Like the life of Pablo storyline is pretty easy to track. You start out as a monster. You slowly become more and more of a monster until it hits a breaking point. And then when you reach that breaking point, you realize you know, all the things you need to fix in your life and you realize what it's, how important Kim is to you and how important it is to be a family man. Now we have a story that where you literally do need two albums to represent two sides of a situation. Like that's fucking next level shit. And of course, Kanye is going to follow up the most impressive thing he's ever done with something just miles ahead of that. Yeah, there's something to that as like an artistic... How do I take this to the next level? Like he tried to represent it in Life of Pablo, as you're saying, in this in this one way, but that didn't quite capture it the way that he wanted. And then he does it by 
doing two separate albums that get at each side, but the context of each feels much more thin than when you put them over top of each other. Right. And put them in relation to each other. The same way that if you just listen to the life of Pablo as individual tracks, you're like, okay, like what is this album? (laughs) But when you start looking at the tracks talking to each other, there's so much more context that comes out uh, from the soundscape, from the lyrics themselves, the journey, the same thing happens, but now on like an album inter, uh, what's the word I always use? Intercontextuality. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, isn't that nuts to think like, okay, every song on Ye is talking to each other. Oh, and while we're at it, I Thought About Killing You is talking to every song on Kids See Ghosts. Yes. <laughs> it's too much, man. This might be my last episode. We're going to ask Kanye one day and he'll either be like, oh, finally, somebody gets it. Or be like, no. (laughs) I talked to iTunes and they're going to take your podcast down. Yeah. Like, this is just, you got problems. (laughs) I know I'm all about free thinking, but like, this is too free. And I'm just going to say, say, sorry, Kanye. It's just kind of how you can't come down from. Beautiful madness. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> All right. So plug some shit. Yeah. Um, something I'm really excited to plug. We're going to ramp up our Patreon efforts. We're always like, oh, support us on Patreon. Give us a dollar. We're going to earn your money big time. And Chris is going to explain how we're going to earn it. Because <laughs> I don't want to. Nice pass off. So we're sitting, we're setting uh, goals every $50 increments. Um, and when we hit that goal, we're going to make a short film as a thank you, but the short film is going to be us writing a short film inspired by a Kanye song. So yeah, if we hit the $200 mark for Patreon, right, we're currently at $193. So we only need seven more and that's going to help us get a new logo which we've recently found out that a lot of people don't like our logo. (laughs) So if you want to not only see us get a new logo, but then see us make a short film inspired by one of four Kanye songs, like just help us hit $200. Yep. So if we hit 200, we will invest the money in the logo and then we'll put up a Twitter poll with the four songs and we'll pick based on what the winner is. And the four songs are going to be a new workout plan, uh, wouldn't leave ultralight beam and low lights weirdly enough we pick these randomly yeah <laughs> by the way so that'll be the poll so it's something like you know if new workout plan wins we'll just make a, a few minute short film you know like a script a narrative script mm-hmm. <laughs> with beginning middle end where travis and i play characters and act and uh it's just inspired by the lyrics or concept of new workout plan Yep, and all of our short films will be Holy Mountain inspired. Absolutely. <laughs> so be prepared. They're not. It's going to be like a mix of Holy Mountain and The Room. Yeah, probably a mix of Holy Mountain, The Room, and like Akira. <laughs> I can't wait. So, and then the same thing. If we hit two hundred fifty, uh. You know, we can start to get, what is it that we set as the goal? 
at 250 bucks, we'll be able to purchase Logic Pro for me <laughs> since I'm doing the editing and everything and hopefully kind of up our editing game. Yes. And so, then, of course, a new short film. Right. So every 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 $50, a new short film, a new poll on it. And you'll help us hit these goals that are going to improve the show. And we're really excited about that. Yeah. So if you want to help us out, patreon.com slash Kanye podcast, as little as a dollar, anything more is very much appreciated. Yep. And if you don't want to donate money, which is totally cool, the other way you can help us out is either subscribing to us on iTunes, which helps our numbers and our place in the charts and reviewing us, um, rating us on iTunes, which helps a lot too. Yes. Uh, we also has a, have a YouTube channel where Monday through Thursday we do Kanye West news roundups and some breakout essay videos uh, relating to current Kanye topics, news. And uh, we're trying to monetize that and we need a thousand subscribers. We're currently at 520. So if you can just go to YouTube and find us on there watching the throne or youtube.com slash cjh lambert because i can't change the url <laughs> uh, and subscribe that'd be great yeah uh we also have t-shirts available one runaway inspired and one hold my liquor inspired um and again if you're a patreon if you're a patron and you donate so much a month um, you can get some discounts on our merchandise yes and uh you can find those shirts on watchingthethrone.com yeah and follow us on twitter at connie podcast Oh boy. We talk all kinds of yay. We do. Speaking of talking yay, time for the bonus episodes? Time for the bonus. We'll see you on the other side. It feels so good it should cost. Brought an alligator, I ain't talking Lacoste. Make me say, uh. Like a mix of Master P and Rick.